Somebody recently was sharing with me an encounter that he had. He made a chasana. And there was someone that was very dear to him, someone that he had opened up his house to, someone that he'd mummish given over food, accommodation for years. And when he made a chasana, the fellow said to him, I'd like to give you something back. What can I do for you? Perhaps I can help you with the chasana. So the fellow figured, you know what, fine. There's a mitzvah dance. It needs some organization. Maybe you can help us. And it comes the time for the mitzvah dance, organize the chairs, organize the food, you know, the whole. So the fellow says, no problem. Can I know her as our wedding? When it came to this man of the mitzvah dance, the guy was completely sloshed. He was completely drunk, had no recollection of what was going on and where he was, and wasn't able to help in any way at the chasana. fellow tells me the next morning, this fellow knocks on his door and says, well, you know, I helped you and you promised to pay me, I'd like to collect my wages. And the guy says, ah, chutzpah, I open up my home to you, I give you everything, I do so much to you, and this is how you repay me? At the one time that I needed you, you couldn't help me. And he was sharing his frustration with me. And I was thinking, you know, isn't it interesting how perhaps we do the same thing every Rosh Hashanah? The Rabbi Shalom opens up his home, he opens up our lives, he gives us so much. And at one time, the, the year comes, Elul, it comes Lichas, it comes Rosh Hashanah, Yom Emnoyoyim, Asarisim Echuva, Yom Kippurim. And the Rabbani Shalom just wants us to take a little bit of a step closer. Do something for me. Get a little bit closer. Tshuva, as we've said, we've said many times, the word tshuva doesn't mean repentance, but it means shav, it means to return to the Rabbani Shalom. And it's at this time, where perhaps maybe in the beginning of Elul, Rishchidesh, alright, Rishchidesh benching, we heard the words Elul, we thought, what's going to be? And then comes the Rishchidosh Al itself, we hear the Shaifa, the David Hashem, maybe it didn't mean anything to us. But now, it's almost Chatzais, and we're starting to say Slichas, just a few days before the Yom Hadin. Maybe it's a, a moment to take to ourselves, where are we holding in life? What have we given to the Rabbani Shalom, and how much the Rabbani Shalom has given to us? The price can bring down, that one of the reasons why we have to start Slich is a minimum of four days before Rosh Hashanah. This year it's a little bit longer because Rosh Hashanah falls the beginning of the week. But Rosh Hashanah falls towards the end of the week. There has to be a minimum of four days. Why? Because normally by Korbanis the Pasuk tells us the Hikrav Tem Oila. But when it comes to Rosh Hashanah it says Va'asisem Oila. That means as the Mephoshim bring down that on Rosh Hashanah we are becoming the Korban. We are offering ourselves to the Rabbi Shalom. And just like every Korban requires a minimum of four days of inspection to make sure that it's mum-free, so to us, we need a minimum of four days to inspect ourselves, to see where we're holding, to see where, where we are in the world, our tachlis, a reason that we were sent down into the world, that's the purpose of this man of Slichas. And this year we have a little bit more time. It's a chesed from the Rabbi learn that we can inspect ourselves just a little bit more. In the Tonadav Eliyahu Zuta Perich of Gimel, he brings as follows. David HaMelech knew, Baruch Kodshoi, that the Beis HaMikdash will be destroyed. 
Not only will the Beis Amikdash be destroyed, but the Karbonis will be bottled. There will be no one bringing Karbonis to be Mechaper for the Averis. And David Amalek was worried. As Chazal are telling us, David Amalek was nervous. What's going to be? Where are Klal Yisrael going to get the Kapara from? Where are Klal Yisrael? When they're going to be busy with Averis, what's going to cleanse them? The Rabbani Shalolam, as the Tonnet of Elio tells us, told David Amalek as follows. Bishah, when Klal Yisrael are deep into that Soros, where Klal Yisrael experience pain and anguish and sah, gather together as a group. I'll answer them. As long as they say Slichas, I will be able to answer them. Continues the Torah of Eliyahu, the Rebbeinu revealed for Yahweh Hashem al Vayikra. And it's at this time Chazal tell us that the Rebbeinu Shalolam revealed the secret of getting a kapora for Aravirus. And it's about what we're about to start in just a few minutes. Is the slichas which the Rebbeinu Shalolam revealed to David Amelech of how Klal Yisrael can get a kapora for the Aravirus in the original. Idea of the slichas, the Gemara brings down in Rashon and Dafidzayin on the base, where the Gemara tells us a pasuk vayava Hashem al pona vayikra. Says the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Melamed teaches us shenis ativ hakadosh baruch hu kishliach tzibur the Rabbi Nishaloylam wrapped himself in a talis like a shliach tzibur does. The herulay lemoshe seidat tzvila the Rabbi Nishaloylam told Moshe when he showed him the seidat tzvila omalai. And the Rabbi Shalom said, Kozman, Shishol, Chaitim, when Klalisol are busy doing Averis, Yasul of Fonek is Seda Hazavani Moichalahem. Tells us the Gemara, the Rabbi Shalom told Moshe Abenu the key for Slicha, for Mechila, for Kapara. And that is the Slichas that we're just about to say. The Yud Gimel Rachamim. This is it. This is the most powerful tool that we could use. And the Mephoshim asked the following question. You know, the Gemara tells us that all we have to do is say the Seda of Slichas. Again, Loshna Gemara Omeloi calls Manchusol Chaitim Yasulophonic Seda Zavani Moichalem. I'll be Moichalem. Asks the Mephoshim. So why do we find? And we all don't have to look too deep to think of all the people. That last year, this time, was sitting in the base of Medrash, sitting in the base of Knesset, sitting in Shul, about to start Slichas. But those same people are no longer with us. Those same people are no longer in the world. So what happened to the Gemaras, to Chazal's, Havtacha, the promise that if you do it, you'll get a Slicha. Now obviously we're not going to discuss the people that Tzmageh to. We're not saying that they were involved in these things, but the idea, says the Mephoshim, is something that perhaps we can put into our own lives. And the Mephoshim explained, the Lashon of the Gemara is, The Rabbani Shalom doesn't want us just to say the words, Hashem, Hashem, Kerem, just not to say it, but to do it, to put it into our own lives, to practice the words that we're saying, to be kind to other people, to be patient with other people, that's what the Rabbi Shalom wants from us. Not just to say the words of the Slichas, but to actually mean it. And that's the Skula that Chazal are discussing over here. In Sichas Ischatkos, with Simaya Zulberberg brings 
Ravaldigi is soit that he brings in the name of the Maral, some cipher and other tzaddikim. He says that when we say slichas, we should realize we're not alone. We may be saying slichas to ourselves. We may be saying slichas our own personal self, thinking about our own averis, thinking about our own self. But really, as he quotes some cipher in the Maral. The tefillahs that we're about to offer, utter of slichas are accompanied not only by the people that, that actually made the slichas, but every tzaddik, every person that has ever said slichas in the history is accompanying us on our journey of slichas. Try to imagine for a moment, go back into Europe, into the shuls, into the shtetl, and think for a moment of the tzaddikim, of the rebbers, of the Rosh Hashivas, of all the Choshevi Yidin, Talmidei Chachamim, that were sitting in Europe, and all over the world throughout the time, saying Slichas, they're accompanying our Tfilas, as we uttered those Tfilas. The Yisascha famously says as well, that during the Yud Gimel Midas that we're about to say, not only should we think of the Avtoch of the Rabbi Yishlam, but we should think of the Tzoros of Klal Yisrael. We should think about all the people that never don't have children, that need children. We think of the people that need Shidduchim. The people that are ill. The people that children are perhaps not going. There is so much Tzoros in the world. Says the Bnei Soscha. And the Zman of the Yud Gimomidis. That is the opportunity for us to think about Klal Yisrael. Don't think only about yourself. Think about Klal Yisrael as a whole. And think about what Klal Yisrael needs. There's an unbelievable morale. The Maral brings, and it's a whole sticker which we're not going to go into, but the Maral says, quotes the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that the Rabbani Shalom is Ma'atav and Atalas. What does that mean? What's the representation? Chazal tell us that the Rabbani Shalom is wrapping himself in Atalas. What, what does that mean to tell us? What's the message? So the Maral says, on a simple level, it means that when you see a person in Shul, often in Rosh Hashanah, Yom Narayim, you see somebody, he wraps himself in his Talas. On a simple level, it means he doesn't want to lose concentration. He wants to be totally focused on every word that he says, and obviously that's what we're meant to be doing. But the truth is, it goes a level deeper, says the Maral. And he goes on a deeper level, he says that when a person wears a talus and he wraps it around him, he only sees himself, there's nothing else to see, there's nothing distracting him. He's concentrating on one thing, and that's his davening, says the Maral. When we say the Yud Gibbomitas, when the Rabbi Nishon said, the Yudgim Amidus and wrapped himself in a talis. The definition was that when we say the Yudgim Amidus, we have to understand there is only one source. The Rabbani Shalom is the only source that can give us Sliga, that can cleanse us, that can clean us from an entire year of running around. It's only the Rabbani Shalom. And it's a, that's what a person should say when we're about to say the words, Loi Bechesed, Rabbi Shalom, we're coming to you not because we deserve it. Not because we've got mitzvahs within us. Not because we've got that much Torah. We're coming empty. We're an Oni. The Granat famously writes that when the Kabbalah comes to Rosh Hashanah, he shouldn't feel, well listen, I've been living until now, so there's no reason that I shouldn't live another year. Because you don't have to look too far and see the people that didn't. Says the Granat, that a person should think to himself when he comes to Yom Naraim, I have zero. I have Ephes. There is nothing that I have. There is no Mycin. There's no, there's no, there's no Torah. There's no Stokka. There's nothing that can save me. Only the Rabbi Yishalayim. And that's what a person has to think of 
this time, before we say the words of Slichas, before we really understand what it means to come to the Rosh Hashanah, to come to Yom Adin, it's a tremendous chesed that the Rabbani Shalom gave us a little bit of a hakdama. He gave us a little bit of a something to get into it. Not that we just roll into a Rosh Hashanah. There was a dreaded phone call that every parent dreads. And one parent got this phone call. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. It was a phone call from the hospital. And the hospital were calling saying, you better come right now. The situation is bad. Your son has been involved in a terrible accident. Please come immediately to the hospital. So he takes, shaken, gets dressed, gets the keys to the car, gets in the car, and they drive over, husband and wife in the, in the car, not speaking to each other, absorbed in their own feelings, what can happen, what sight is going to meet them. And they walk into the room, and they see that their darling son is covered with wires, beepings, there's doctors and nurses running in and out, the situation is terrible. And they say to them, terribly sorry, we don't know there's any recovery. His brain has been damaged in such a way, we're not sure he's going to make it out, and even if he does, at what state his brain, his mind is going to work. And they wait there, hours turn into days, days turn into weeks. Weeks and weeks. They're sitting there. One time it's the mother, one time it's the father, other people take over at some time. But they're just sitting there waiting. Waiting for a response. Maybe he'll respond. And after a number of months, the doctors call in the parents. They say, listen, I'm terribly sorry. We've given everything we can. We've gone figured out all the medical. Anything we can do for him, we've done. There's nothing that we can do further. He's not responding. He's just in pain. I think it's time to pull the plug. I think it's time to pull the plug. Say your goodbyes. And that's it. Nothing more we can do. And the parents are saying, no, I'm not giving up on my son. This is my son. Don't give up on him so quickly. But it's been months already. I don't care. We'll wait as long as it takes. And they say, listen, you only got a few more days. After a few more days, the hospital can no longer offer any more accommodations for him. And the parent, as anyone with a child, understands what it means to have your child in such a situation, in such a predicament. It's a horrible situation. And the parents are waiting hour after hour and when the days get eventually to the time where the hospital say 24 hours and it's all over the mother sits there and she says my dear son 24 hours that's it that's all they're giving you just respond to me all I'm waiting for is a little bit of a response if you respond to me the doctors will allow you to be here for longer and eventually will bring you home We'll bring you a life back. Please, I'm begging you, just give a response. And all of a sudden she felt it. Something small, she was holding his hand. And she felt his fingers started to move just slightly. She couldn't believe it, she thought she was dreaming. She calls in the nurse, she says, I felt something, I did. No, you must be dreaming. No, I felt something. And she goes in, she checks the machines. She says, yeah, there's something going on. There's something unusual going on. She waits a bit longer and he moves a bit tighter in the grip. And all of a sudden he grips tightly onto his mother and she's crying, Baruch Hashem, I waited because look, look at where we are today. And the boy recovers. The Rabbi Nishalolim waits for us an entire year. 
The Rabbi Shalom is holding our hand the entire year saying, please, come back to me. Come close to me. No more Averas. I'll wipe it clean, but just try, react. Something. That's all I want from you. Just something small. That's what the Rabbi Shalom waits for. Hour after hour, day after day. Until Chas V'Sholom Lo'aleinu, it's too late. Rabbi said, this man of Slichas is an Esrotzon. It's an unbelievable opportunity that the Rabbi Shalom gave us to say the words, to understand them, to think about them. And even if we don't understand every word of the Slichas, to understand what we're doing and what we're meant to be accomplishing, that's what we're doing over here, Be'ezah Hashem. The Rabbi Shalom should give us all Siyata Dishmaya, to Be'ezah Hashem, use the Esrotzon, Use this man of slichas. So then when we come to the Yom Hadin, we'll be prepared when the new slate and the Rabbanishon will give us all.